Baobulb.org is a podcasting platform and a medium for storytelling. This podcast is also available on all the major podcasting apps, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Podcast your life with Baobulb.org. Grace and peace to you from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is the 6th of June 2021. It is Sunday morning. And uh, what we are preparing for is uh, to sit at the communion table this morning at the table of the Lord's Supper and just to share in the uh, bread and the wine, the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Let us just listen to our call to worship. We give you thanks, O Lord, with whole hearts. Before all people of the earth, we will sing your praise. Shout for joy to the Lord all those who have gathered to worship. We have come to worship the Lord with gladness. We are here with joyful songs in our hearts because we know that the Lord is our God. God made us and we are God's people. Therefore, we have entered this holy sanctuary and virtual space with praise to praise God's name. Let us worship God. The Lord is good and his love endures forever. The risen Lord Jesus Christ is with you. Come, let us join together in prayer. God, as a God, by your word and by the presence of the Holy Spirit among us, help us that in your light we may see light, that in your truth we may find freedom, and that in your will we discover your peace. And so may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. And so friends, in Jesus Christ, this morning we have three readings. Our first reading comes to us from the psalm, Psalm 138, verse 1 to 8. Our second reading comes to us from the book of Acts book of Acts, written by a medical doctor called Luke, Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. And our gospel reading for this morning's family worship service comes from the gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 3, verses 31 to 35. As usual, I've singled out a few uh, verses to share some thoughts with you. And uh, so it's not unfamiliar to us anymore. So the verse that I've singled out to share some thoughts with you comes to us from the gospel, from not the gospel, my apologies, from Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. I want to read this verse to you as it is written in the Holy Scriptures. And it is verse 6. This is what the Holy Scripture says. This is what uh, Luke writes. He says, Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and he began to walk. This is the word of the Lord. And then our reading, our gospel reading, comes to us from the gospel according to St. Mark. And the verse that uh, we have singled out is verse 35, Mark chapter 3, verse 35. And it says, or maybe I should read 34 and 35. Then he looked at those seated in the circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. 
Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. This is the good news of Christ. The theme of our <clears throat> family worship service for this morning is Extraordinary Men. Extraordinary Men. This is the theme of our family worship service for today. And so friends in Jesus Christ, sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ, how is it that simple ordinary men became extraordinary men? Normal human beings with all their faults and all their weaknesses and sinfulness and other hindrances in their lives became useful and effective instruments in the hands of God. Ordinary human beings became like vessels, effective and precise in the hands of God. Peter and John were part of the disciples in the upper room who were waiting for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon all the disciples gathered. All the disciples were gathered there in the upper room upon the instruction of Jesus Christ, their Lord. Jesus Christ gave them the instruction before he ascended into heaven and he gave them the instructions. The instruction were these words. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. And that is written in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 4. And there was a reason for this, of, for this time of waiting. Jesus stated the reason as the following. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you. This was one of the final instructions. Jesus shared with his most trusted friends. And so upon the day of Pentecost, after waiting for a period of ten days, God had given them the Holy Spirit. God had given them, the disciples, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit entered their frail human flesh. All the disciples present at the time. Their lives were totally transformed as the Holy Spirit entered their lives. Because it was the Holy Spirit who empowered the Apostles on the day of Pentecost, so that the undeserved, ongoing, unmerited and freely flowing love of God, seen in Jesus Christ our Lord, can flow through the Apostles as they go for God and as they go with God. And so the Holy Spirit took them, the Holy Spirit directed them into new and unfamiliar territory and brought them to new and unfamiliar experiences. The fearful, timid, and defensive group of disciples became bold and confident as they took out and spread the good news about Jesus of Nazareth to people who had never heard of Jesus Christ or who know about Jesus Christ, but who had never made the choice or the decision to place Jesus at the hub of their lives, or the choice to make him Lord of their lives. Meeting up with a crippled beggar, Peter and John were going into the temple at the time of prayer to worship God. Both Peter and John continued to engage in worship in the temple. As they proceeded to the court of the temple, there at the gate called Beautiful, they found a lame they found a crippled man who was laying there 
and who was probably brought there by his family or brought there by his friends or companions day after day. His purpose at this very strategic place was to beg from those who had come to worship God in the temple and that they will show compassion. Compassion on him, took pity on him perhaps, and drop a coin into his hand. As a meeting up with Peter and John, the men asked them for money. Peter and John had no money to offer him, and Peter said to the crippled beggar, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Then Peter took the man by his right hand and helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. The man jumped to his feet and he began to walk and he began to praise God. God had given the Holy Spirit to ordinary men to represent God with power in the world. So filled with the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> pardon me, they would represent God in the world as if God represent God's self. Peter and John had become partakers of the divine power that belonged to God. By the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Peter and John and all the other disciples, God has made complete provision for the full manifestation of his power and life through the disciples. Using these two disciples, God demonstrated God's will through them. It is therefore true that the God that we serve is a God of signs and it is a God of wonders. God's faculties are constant and God's divine power are immutable. God is not evolving and God will never evolve in divine powers. God is the same yesterday, today, and he will be the same tomorrow. And so God is the same today as ever God has been or ever will be. God will never be what God is not. And therefore this narrative of a crippled man walking continued to bear witness to the saving power of Jesus, our Lord. The man had been healed because God had glorified his servant Jesus by raising Christ to life again. Now that very same power of God that raised Christ to life again was flowing through these two apostles. This divine power had come to restore this fellow and to restore his dignity. The fact that the man was lamed impoverished him. He was unemployed, he lived from handouts, and probably felt humiliated. The system had also pushed the man to the brink of the outskirts of society. And so friends, and so brothers and sisters, sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ, not to care for the poor, not to care for the destitute, not to care for the oppressed, not to care for the unemployed, not to care for those despised and dejected, is an insult to God. Our God always defend the cause of the poor. Our God always defend the cause of the lame and dejected and the oppressed and the downtrodden. 
And so God had a special concern for the poor. God has a special concern for for the marginalized and those who found themselves in very difficult and troubled conditions in life. God is always, at all times, drawn to the oppressed. God is always and at all times drawn to the poor and the destitute and those who are going through difficult times and traumatic experiences in life. Those who are faced with hardships in life, not because they are good. God is not drawn to them because they are good or drawn to them because even they are religious, but many times or all of the time, these are the people who are sinned against. Not only does God's concern applies in the case of this crippled man in Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 10, but but God's concern also applies in all situations, in our communities, our countries. God's concern also applies to our continent and across the world where people are sinned against. God's concern applies in every sphere of life, whether we call it economy or whether we call it politics or sports or private companies or workplaces or racial groups in tension with each other or ethnic groups um, or or tension between ethnic groups and minority groups, nations, Uh, that commits sin against other nations, God always comes to the rescue of those who are being sinned against. does not matter who they are and where they live. God's divine power is immutable and God remains a God of signs. God remains a God of wonders. And therefore, whatever we do to the brother or sister or the mother of Jesus Christ, we do to Christ himself, because Jesus said, Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and my mother. Mark chapter 3, verse 35. The Apostle Peter and John made God's face visible as the scrippled man began to walk, sing, dance, and jump around. The man's need was not silver, nor was the man's need cold. His need was to walk. His need was that his dignity needed to be restored. And his need was to become an upright man in society who lived with the greatest degree of values and norms and standards and with his ethics and integrity intact. More so, his life had become a living testimony of the face of God and the grace of God. Salvation had come to this crippled beggar, as Luke brings this narrative to us in the book of Acts. The man, set free and liberated from a life of poverty, oppression, unemployment, and continuous living on the brink of society, he was set free from that life. Salvation cannot be divorced from everything that is concrete. Salvation can never be divorced from everything that is material or economics or politics and everything around us. 
Salvation addressed the imbalances in our communities. Salvation addressed the imbalances in our, in our provinces, in society, in the global community. Salvation addresses the imbalances in on our sports field. Just ask about, just speak about Castasemenia. Uh, so salvation addresses the imbalances on the sports field. It, it addresses the imbalances in sport bodies, in workplaces. Salvation addresses the imbalances between the uh, 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 between the rich and the poor. The gap between the haves and the have-nots. And it brings with it restitution. It brings with it hope and healing and prosperity and an ever-deepening relationship with God, our liberator. Now that very spirit that flowed through Peter and John is available to you and to me today. In any situation where people are sin against, we don't have to be weak and we don't have to be timid or fearful when we go for God and when we go with God in addressing that very situation where people are sinned against. When God set his spirit in your heart and take possession of your life, your life and mine take on a new meaning and we live with a confident assurance that God is with us in each and every situation and therefore there's no need for us to be timid and weak and fearful. And it is in this relationship with God that God grants us the spirit of discernment to do what it is to do what <clears throat> what it is that you and me need to do for God. As God work his will and as God is work his purposes through us. It is when the Holy Spirit settles in our hearts that the Holy Spirit grants us direction and that the direction will always be to glorify God and to serve Jesus Christ, our Lord. All that we need to do is to listen to the promptings and to listen to the nudgings of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And last, if you listen to the promptings and the nudgings of the Holy Spirit in your life. Now one day, I, I, I just want to share this with you this morning. One day I was sitting in my office and I just got a feeling that there's someone waiting for me at the gate. And so uh, the this, 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 this sense um, of, of going home just becomes stronger and it became stronger and became stronger. And eventually I arrived from the, uh, the desk and I went to my car and I traveled back home. Now, my home is about seven kilometers from seven, in fact, seven and a half kilometers from the office. Arriving at the at home, there I find a person waiting at the gate, and he was just frantically trying to dial a number because he wanted to get hold of me. Someone has sent us a bunch of flowers, and that and he, he was there to deliver that bunch of flowers. And he asked me, So, how did you know that I was here. Upon my arrival, he asked, how did you know that I was here? And my response to him was, the Holy Spirit. Now he looked with a question mark on his face, and I just left him there, and I thought, maybe you won't understand if I begin to explain to you, why did I come home? Well, he gave me the bunch of flowers, I signed for it, and he left listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit 
in our lives. And I'm sure there are many stories that you yourself can tell about how you have listened to the promptings and the nudgings of the Holy Spirit in your life. Now we know that the Holy Spirit's task amongst many functionaries is to empower you and me for witnessing and for serving Jesus. This means that we need to put ourselves totally at the disposal of Jesus Christ to renounce our pride and our arrogance and allowing God to have control in everything. This is a very scary thought to say to God, but you are in control of, of my life. Because we always want to control, you know, uh, always want to be in control of our own lives. So much so at times that people call many, many of us control freaks because we want to be in control of a situation, control of other people, control of our lives. We don't want to let it go. We want to hand it over to God. And so, so for some people, it can be a very scary thought to say, God, come and take control of my life. But in the end, it will be well worth to be carried along by God, to be swept up into his love and to be filled and to be guided by the Holy Spirit. And to also end off with, with uh, a narrative that I want to share with you this morning about the power of the Holy Spirit and how the power of the Holy Spirit works through you and me and through all of us. All that we need to do is to open ourselves for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so just uh, listen to, so one day I was sitting in the office and, and um, a husband and wife walk into the office and he said to me, um, they have just come to their spiritual leader today because they want their minister, their priest, to pray for, to pray for them because uh, the husband has been diagnosed with prostate cancer. And um, as he shared that with me, a grown man, he just totally broke down in tears and he was crying, he was sobbing. Um, just the thought of being diagnosed with cancer and the thought of death and there we sat and we spoke about death and we spoke about these feelings and these emotions and, and, and how death brings many things. When we are faced with death, how it brings many things into perspective for us. But one of the things that he also said to me at the time and that was that, pray for me because I want God to set me free. This is what I want you to ask of God today. And again, he broke down. It was a very emotional conversation which we have had. And so now and then his wife would just rub his arm or just put his hand, put her, put her hand into his hand and just, just squeeze it a bit and, and uh, say, don't worry, everything will work out for the best. And so, and so they asked me to pray for them and there we joined together in prayer and we we, we had that conversation, a deep and meaningful conversation with God. And, and a couple of weeks later, the very same couple came back into the office and, and they said that when they went back to the doctor, the doctor couldn't find a trace of the cancer. So the doctor now wonder whether he has made the wrong diagnosis, but he hasn't. 
because he has studied it over and over and over the results and 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 it was just too confusing to him. This is what the Holy Spirit does when we when we open ourselves to the Holy Spirit. His power comes and his power flows through us and he brings healing and wholeness to mind, to body and to spirit. And, and when he brings healing and wholeness to mind, body and spirit, he also brings an ever-deepening relationship with God. Because you cannot be, be say that you, when that happened in your life, that you are not untouched by such an experience, of course. And so this morning, anyone, everyone who listens to the sermon of today, go with God in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And you will discover that you and me, ordinary people, are turned by the Holy Spirit into extraordinary people. Go for God and go with God. Glory be to God, our liberator. Give off light and give off love. Jesus Christ, who has and who was crucified for our sin in all its forms. The Holy Spirit who empowers us. Let us join together in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, grant us the Holy Spirit to go into the world and to help people to see your face in all acts of liberation around us. And so we pray this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to him with you and the Holy Spirit, one blessed God, be glory and unending praise. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe.